Hello, everyone. I'm Al Daldegan, creator and producer of the Leaders, Innovators, and Big Ideas podcast, supported by Rainforest Alberta. This podcast showcases the people who are working to improve Alberta's innovation ecosystem. Hey everyone, it's January 12th, 2021, and I'm really excited to bring to you episode 100 of the Leaders, Innovators, and Big Ideas podcast. So as of the recording of this episode, we are at 9,081 downloads overall. Uh, We have listeners all over the world in our top five countries are Canada, United States, France, United Kingdom, and Spain. And uh, 38% of people listen to us on the Apple Podcasts app. So there's some fascinating statistics for you. Now, in this episode, I'm really excited to bring back on the show one of the founders of the Rainforest itself, Brad Zumwalt. And uh, Brad and I are going to have a great discussion talking about Alberta's innovation ecosystem and uh, where we've come over the past year, as well as where we're heading So let's get right to it. Hey, everybody, welcome to episode 100 of the Leaders, Innovators, Big Ideas podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Al Deldegan, and with me today is Brad Zumwalt, one of the founders of the Rainforest and the the, uh, founder of Zinc Ventures. And he, as everybody knows, everybody knows uh, Brad, he is going to help us understand where we are today in the, um, the the ecosystem, the tech ecosystem of Alberta. Hi, Brad. Thanks for joining me. Al, hi. Thank you. And uh, thank you again for all the fantastic work you've done piloting and pushing along uh, Libby, this fantastic podcast that I'm a regular listener of. Um, it's, it's a pleasure to be here on your 100th anniversary. Nice. Um, okay, cool. So, one of the things that um, has really been kind of uh, getting me uh, excited lately um, is is our ecosystem in Alberta here, the the tech ecosystem that we've all been trying to build. Um, and to me, it seems to be growing faster, uh, perhaps because of the pandemic and the fact that everybody's online now and working from home and companies are starting to realize the importance of of technology and a lot of tech companies are starting to thrive perhaps because of the pandemic. But it seems to me like I just saw this article from uh, TechCrunch uh, quoting some stuff about uh, Calgary Economic Development, and I'll link that in the podcast notes. But, um, you know, they're talking about, uh, they're saying there's going to be an 18.4 billion Canadian dollars in digital transformation spending in Alberta uh, projected to be led by Calgary companies through 2022. Um, you know, we have some of our recent uh, unicorn companies like Adabotics, Shareworks by Morgan Stanley, Benevity and Neo Financial. And it just seems to be, uh, perhaps I'm a bit naive, but it does seem to me like all of a sudden things have sort of accelerated a little bit more than and, and going a little bit faster than I thought they were going uh, in, in Calgary and Alberta in general. And I kind of wanted to hear your side of things because you, um, you know, you come from a, a long, long road of technology and, and you're now in the investment space and you're really seeing, I mean, heck, people are coming to you constantly saying, hey, will you invest in my company? I'm sure. 
but perhaps you could talk to us a little bit about your thoughts on how things have been going. I mean, especially over the last 12 months, but where you think things are going in the near future. Sure. I, I think uh, you're a good judge of this stuff, uh, Al, and, and I think your assessment is accurate. I, I think we are enjoying right now uh, certainly some awareness uh, of the tech sector, as well as really some big jumps in, in productivity. And, and some of the leaders that I've been lucky to talk to in the, in the last little while absolutely just blow my doors off with the quality of their thinking and how they're driving their firms and and the the leadership talent that we have in this city driving our tech firms is outstanding but let's unpack a little bit this uh 22 billion dollars uh or 18 billion dollars in, in 2022 that uh is mentioned in the article and i I focus on a certain type of highly scalable tech business for, for our investing that I try to nurture. And let's call those digital economy companies. And yes, digital is everywhere and technology is everywhere. But if we think about software companies, hardware companies, uh, software as a service, e-commerce, digital media, telecom type companies, these are really scalable firms that we're looking for. And we're doing well with those firms in Alberta. Uh, we're about a third of the way to have the uh, equal number of firms as any other jurisdiction in Canada for our population. So we're doing great, but we have a ways to go. If, if we get to where I'd like us to be, those digital economy firms would represent 5% of provincial GDP. What that means is 95% of our province's economy is going to come from these other firms. And that's really where you're talking about this $18 billion in digital transformation. And so as excited as we are to build these, these really high growth tech firms, there's a big opportunity in all of industry as they digitally transform because they're 95%. They're just so much uh, more uh, to, to work on there. And, and that's fantastic. And what we really hope is that as that digital transformation happens, there won't be a bias against Alberta firms and Alberta talent to participate and guide and innovate alongside our Alberta corporations in their digital transformation. And often that happens. And we want to make sure that we do everything we can to popularize and make the big corporations in the big economy aware of who our Alberta firms are and just how truly world-class their products and their talent is. And so you're right. There's a digital transformation opportunity, and we got great tech firms in Alberta that can help drive it. Oh, great. That's That really, that really clears it up. So um, when you say we're a third of the way there, you're saying we're a third of the way to where we would be equivalent with other uh, uh in ecosystems in Alberta, say, or in uh, Canada, like say Toronto, maybe Montreal, maybe uh, would that include Winnipeg or Vancouver, maybe? Um, so, does that mean that those jurisdictions are performing where they should be, or do or are they uh, performing above or below where we we would really want them to be? Yeah, great question again, Al. Uh, so, in Canada, we're a little uh, behind overall. But spots like Montreal, Toronto, Waterloo, and Vancouver are performing at a very high level, not as high as the global centers, 
but but very very high you saw this stat uh i think about a year 18 months ago that toronto created more tech jobs in a a previous 12-month period than Silicon Valley did. So there's very exciting things going on in Canada. In in Alberta, we're playing a little bit of catch-up, and that's fine. We're comfortable where we're at. We're tracking where we're at. We know what the ingredients are over the next 10 years to, to take us to be on par with Toronto, Waterloo, Montreal, and, and Vancouver. And we have the advantage of, of you know, seeing what's happened in the last few years and learning how to do it better and seeing what technology trends are emerging. We have a great uh, start with the companies that we have in, in Alberta. I'm so proud of the firms that, that we have here. And we know what it takes to, to add fuel to them, add talent to them, introductions for customers to them, and, and move them along. So we have some catching up to do, but that's what our listeners should understand is that we're doing great, super proud of what we have. It's about a third of the way there. Let's take 10 years to triple the number of jobs and opportunities and companies uh, that we have. Excellent. I like that. I like that a lot. And, and, you know, I know you do. There's some people that say that's not enough, right? <laughs> uh, you know, I, I'm one of these tech company founders and, and there's many out there and you've been in these companies too, Al. You know, Al, how hard it is to compete month after month, quarter after quarter in any tech company these days. And And we're talking about, you know, growing up these companies to be you know, uh, thousand, thousand person companies, 2000 person companies. And it's, it just takes, uh, such a lot of work to hang in there with it. So there are people that say that's not even high enough, Brad, we should go higher. The mayor recently called me out on that. That's fine. It's all in good fun. We love to have lofty goals, but what we're talking about tripling would put us on par. And, and remember, as you know, uh, Al, uh, when we look at this across Canada, only 1% of tech companies ever get to 100 employees. So then as we do the math backwards on that, you, you know how many teams, beautiful teams of talented people working their hearts out um, in that under 100 size, only one of those are going to break through and get up into the size of these fantastic companies that we we have in in Calgary, the the Benevities and the the Morgan Stanley Shareworks and the Absorbs and the you know Neo Financial and and Acerna and all these in in great great companies. Uh, it's it's a, a really big effort to get that and dealing with that. Only 1% of our firms are going to crack the 100-person, 100-employee mark. Uh, you know how much work we have to do at the front end with the startups and the, the junior scale-ups uh, just dealing with that stat. So lots of work to do here, but you're, you're, on, the, uh, you're on the team, <laughs> Al, as, as one of the people uh, that's driving this ahead with the, with the podcast and the awareness that you drive. Thanks a lot. Um- with us going forward as we are, like from what you're saying, a lot more has to happen. A lot more companies have to start so that the percentage of them that succeed and exceed that 100 staff. Do you think that we're tracking well or do you think that we're doing maybe a little bit better or we're a little bit 
behind if we, if we were to repeat the last few months going forward? Do you think we're on track or do you think we really need to just kick it up a, a few notches? Yeah, uh, here's the thing. Uh, there's opinion and then there's data, right? And, and I think we, there's so much bias in, in what we bring on the opinion side mm-hmm. of things. And, and that's why we have to really look at the data on this. And so I think you're right. What you're feeling, this momentum surge that we're having right now in a lot of ways is uh, three, four, five, six, seven, eight years coming to fruition. When I think of the teams and the people and the folks I know at, at Benevity and, and ShareWorks, these are these overnight gigantic momentum surges in companies that are really just waves cresting that began uh, eight years ago, six years ago, kind of a thing. So let's, let's, so I agree with you on the opinion side, but let's check that with data okay. now. What should, what should people listening to this understand where we're at for data? Cause there's some very interesting stuff. And so when we get to the mid-sized companies, 50 to 100 employees, 100 to 500 employees, you're right. We're doing pretty well there. We have good names. And, and my data would, would say that we have maybe we're even at the 50th percentile for over 100-person companies. Maybe we're at the 30th percentile for 50. But where we have to look at the data and I think have a little bit of concern is where we're at in the one to five employees, where we're at for those startups. There was some really you know, concerning stuff that in the one to five, in these fresh start startups, these almost aren't even companies yet, Al, you've mm-hmm. been there. Um, you know, uh, that's where I'm concerned because we're only at the 11th percentile there, right? With, with two, we're tracking right now on my list, 269 of those companies. Um, and, and we'd like in 10 years to get to 2000, we're the furthest behind on the one to five person startups. And to bring this back to Libby and back to Rainforest, so much of what has to happen at that one to five stage is this culture piece, right? So much, I believe of what happens in a startup is that someone has an opportunity to see uh, the future, to, to live a part of their work life in the future, and to see something that's missing or something that could be changed. And, and that's kind of an insight. And then they have to have the self-confidence and the trust and, and a team to kind of come and join them and talk about it with so they can do that. And if, if, when everything is buoyant and, and it works all over the place, then people are more likely to have those glimpses about the way a future could be, see what's missing from that future, and bring it back to start this startup. But it really requires this trust and self-confidence and, and being able to, to feel safe to talk about it with your community, to to have this hustle, hustle, hustle conversation that, hey, we can do this, this suspension of belief that we can put a company and a team and then a prototype and then a product out into the world that'll take hold and change things, that requires just a lot of positivity. 
And so to be furthest behind at that one to five person stage is an interesting thing for you and I and everyone listening to mm-hmm. consider. Mm-hmm. And, and so when the companies in, in our city are, are growing and getting to scale, they're doing pretty good and they're doing global quality things. But we have to make sure to play against that one in a hundred get through a hundred employees ratio. We have to make sure we're a place that tolerates and nurtures and fosters lots of lots of start ideas. And we're a good spot for that. We have this great corporate community, you know, that is going to be a spot that you can step into the future and imagine the problems they're going to have and come back with an insight about what's missing. Find a group of people that can turn that into the team. Figure out how to do the arithmetic on a value prop that, that your product and prototype can be and then figure out how to make it scale. And we, we need to continue to be the kind of city and think through our kind of rainforest social contract kind of principles so that people have the faith that it's worth doing. It's worth, worth the risk of failure, worth the, worth the sting of failure to take a chance and do that. And, and really, that's, that's my hope. And that has to go across the, the whole city. It's not it's not something that just previous tech people are going to do. It's not something just computer scientists are going to do. It does have to come across every industry, every age of Calgary. And the average startup age, when we look across the country of a startup founder, Al, it's 40 years old. This is not something we're looking at, uh, you know, to be 21 and 22 year olds. There are these you know, legend stories out there about Mark Zuckerberg and dorm rooms and these kind of things. But uh, when you think about the industry insight that you can have as a 21-year-old, it's it's useful. It's just very different than what you can have as a 40-year-old. And so we have to tease out and nurture out these starts um, in our whole population. Uh, and and that's a part of it. You said, is there a part of, of our whole portfolio of uh, these companies that I'm a little nervous about? I'm, I'm nervous that we don't have the culture piece going, that we can have starts happening fast enough. Now, we have 260. That's a lot. But I want to be a place that that has 10 times that, you know. Um, and then it's just a really buzzy place. Then I think it feels like a city where – Almost everybody knows of somebody this month that's hustling a startup off the corner of their desk. That's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. So let's let's focus. You know, we're doing great in a lot of areas, but that start thing, that culture change, that way of operating, we got to change that and bring those uh, bring those numbers up a little more, and and then we'll go from there. Great. Um, I want to toss that around something you said just a little bit more. If I understood you correctly, and I, I could have missed something, but if I understood you correctly, you're saying that people in their 40s would have enough industry experience, enough foresight, enough tenacity to to be a successful, larger startup, uh, exponential growth type opportunity. And if I did understand that correctly, if I didn't, then please correct me. But would there be a significant amount of value if we were to take people at a younger age and nurture them through the knowledge and, and, and requirements to become a successful startup, you know, at a, at a younger age, like, should we be, should we be talking to 
high school students and letting them realize that going out and getting a job is one option and going out and starting a company is also another option. Or should we be like uh, the University of Calgary, the Haskane School of Business uh, in one of the earlier podcasts, we were talking about how there's a quite an entrepreneurial kind of a mojo going throughout the university, uh, especially more, more recently with the, um, with the programs that they have going with Haskane. Maybe could you just touch a little bit more on that? Like, did I misunderstand you or? No, no, I think, uh, I think you're catching it uh, accurately every age, uh, Al, right? I think there are these insights that, that uh, young people can have and they're fascinating. These, you know, uh, kids like my kids generation that have, have grown up digital natives that, that, that just think in that way. There are insights to be had there. I think there's insights in, in the early career uh, people. I think there's insights in the mid-career folks. And it has to come all the way along. But I, I, I really think that we need to do what you're talking about. They're doing so well at Haskane and at, and at MRU with Ray DePaul there. Um, is not just have this opinion of ourselves that we're an entrepreneurial city, but have the data to back it up. And, and so let's have the, the named and numbers of startups that we're getting out of those programs. We know how many graduates are coming out of those programs at that age. Let's track how many startups are, are happening. These are really useful things to give the people uh, data on so that they can say, oh, I don't just have the sense this is happening. I had the sense and it's exciting. And I can actually see some of the, the data. I really think it's important to have the numbers to, to, back, to back up what's going on here. And so I'd love it uh, you know, for us to, to expand on your idea and, and take a look at the, if we looked across the 700 companies that I'm tracking on this project in Calgary, let's find out what the age of the founders were when they do it. So people can say, oh, I live in a city with 700 fantastic companies. They're all working really hard to get it to 2000, but what age were people when they started these companies? And let's have a distribution of those ages so we can get people that data and they can say, oh, wow, I can do this at any age, right? It's always the right time to do this and, uh, and drive ahead. Uh, so I love that idea that, that you said to learn what's going on at Haskane and bring it to other people. I think we have to bring it into high schools, uh, uh, and earlier and and look a, a big part of this is, is making sure we're doing it on a gender balanced uh, basis um, the great work that that folks in in Calgary Shelley Kuipers and and others are doing with the 51 and and prior to that Sheik Geek to make sure that not only are are we you know really supporting and treasuring female founders um, when they uh, uh, when they occur and when they're growing and scaling, but as Shelley has done, starting a fund um, to support those female founders and really getting behind that, and and that's really an important uh, initiative so that we can have uh, you know proper balance uh, approach as as we move into growing this three times. Uh, we're not going to get it done without the leadership of people like Shelley and and Alice and and Judy at the 51 that are doing a fantastic job um, 
funding the female founders uh, where they find them in whatever sector. So uh, yes, age, gender, background, um, all those things we want to make sure and, and, and have the data to show that we're doing a good job doing that uh, and kind of have this rigorous, almost audit-like approach to answering those questions for people like you, as opposed to just, you know, tossing out an opinion to back you. We're tracking 700, 800 companies here. Let's find the age of the founders when they started, share that with people. Let's find who were female founding teams, share that with people. Let's find out the other background uh, demographics of people, share that with people so that everyone in the city can see themselves uh, as a founder of a company in our city, if that's what they choose to do. I love that sentiment. I mean, I really do. I think that, uh, you know, ever since I was, uh, I was young, a friend of mine asked me to help him install a car stereo and I, I just figured it out. Yeah. And then once the stereo was working and we were blasting tunes in his car, another friend said, Hey, can you help me put a stereo in? And he went and bought one and then we put it in his car. And then I thought this could be a company, <laughs> you know? Right. So there began acoustic stereo installations, which didn't last very long. It was more of a, a fun thing with friends, but you know, I've, I've just been one of those people that has always believed in, you see something, just go do it. Right. You don't have to get permission from somebody and you don't have to have somebody hold your hand and, and, and you lead you along the garden path, just go out and do it. Because um, when you're young, the one huge advantage to young people is they can fail quite a bit before they're stuck with a house and a family and, kids and and mortgage payments and all that stuff where it gets a lot harder to fail you know it, when i was in my 20s i tried a whole bunch of different things and i failed at a whole bunch of different things but you know what i got interesting experiences i met really interesting people and um, i think that's uh, I, I love the concept of youth getting into entrepreneurship you know sophia fairweather she was 11 years old or whatever when she started her first company and she has you know two or three going uh, right now. And she's a really remarkable person. You, you see her all the time talking about, uh, you know, supporting youth and entrepreneurship and female entrepreneurship and that kind of thing. And I'd love to see a lot more people like that. And especially girls, like, you know, girls getting into STEM uh, careers and stuff, there needs to be a lot more of that. And um, people, people say that, way back when when they're little kids the girls are taught to play with barbies and the boys are taught to play with cars i don't know if there's anything to that if that's you know realistically goes on but i know it's it's encouraging your you know encouraging girls to be to be interested and creative with math and science and that kind of thing there just needs to be a lot more of that and and to that end our industry has to support women entrepreneurs in, in a much bigger way, I think, because there are some great companies led by some amazing women. And I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing a heck of a lot more of that. Yeah, I look, I totally support that, Al. And I, I think earlier we talked about, you know, we have a lot of catching up to do in 10 years in Calgary. One of the advantages when we're starting from 2021 here now is that we can make sure that we don't make some of the mistakes that other big metro areas have have done um and and you know there's been some really problematic uh wrong approaches to to dealing with women in, in high growth tech companies and uh that's something that that we can do in an entirely different way 
there's also, you know, as tech companies have flourished in other centers, there's, there's also been, you know, this gigantic widening of, of, uh, of income gap that's gone on. And, and we have a way to think through that differently in Calgary. There's great uh, organizations like Momentum in Calgary that are doing things to make sure that, you know, these, these digital economy companies that I want to fund and I want to support and, and you're well aware of, Al, uh, you know, this isn't just for, you know, people that are already going to do okay. Uh, this can be an industry of, of choice. We can find great talent in programs that Momentum is demonstrating, uh, programs for severely unemployed Calgarians that have gone in the program, gone through months of training, been picked up by very supportive large corporations um, to be brought in there on intern assignments and then landed uh, jobs uh, at, at very above average uh, salaries and mountains of difference from what they've been. And so this has to be a movement that's going to bring along everybody in the city. When, when we started with the platform idea, we started you know, talking about it as an innovation center for everyone. Every business at every stage, every person at every age, uh, and, and every citizen from every corner, community, and background in Calgary uh, is going to have an entry point that they can say, how do I find my way in this? How do I get involved in this? And that's we have to do that differently too. And that's what starting in 2021 can be an advantage of. We can do, use this as a way to prevent some of that dislocation that can happen, um, that disparity that can happen, and, and bring our whole city along with this little movement that we have going here. And, you know, when we think about the rainforest principles, that's really what it's about. It's this, it's this paying it forward idea and this openness and trust. And, and I think the first value that we talk about is diversity. And we have to make sure, again, that isn't just an opinion that we like to throw around to sound good, but we have the data to back that up. Yeah, data is really the king and it's a recurring theme here on this episode, uh, for sure. Um, I think that the more data we can present, the, the less uh, opinions uh, we we can throw around, to be honest. And and uh, opinions are good in, in that people are are believing in heading in a direction or they believe that we want to head in a direction. And they actually, sometimes opinions can help change people's way of looking at something. But really the data speaks volumes. And going back to kind of the beginning of this conversation, uh, I remember I had a, a call Probably in about November, I was chatting with David Chavez on the phone and he was talking about the thousand startups, you know, the, the metrics that, that are being used to say where we need to be. And one of the things that he kind of, he, he's good with numbers and he said, you know what, that means that there needs to be 3000 entrepreneurs wanting to do something. And so if you could, if you could roll it all the way back to how do we get from A to B? with B being 2000 startups, um, we need 3000 people every year wanting to start a business. And that's really, that's really a, an eye-opening thing, right? Uh, you know, I doubt we're anywhere near 3000 people a year wanting to start a business. 
Yeah, I, I don't know, but that's the right way to go at these these big goal is to break them down into these annual chunks and, and then say, okay, what is the condition prior to us seeing a startup? And, and maybe that's a, a whole bunch of conversations. And so the other thing that David and his team informed me was when they look at this research from all the major tech cities around the globe using the startup genome network, other cities have tracked it back to the number of, of conversations that occurred prior to a startup happening. And I forget the exact number, but you're in the range of something Al, like, like there has to be a uh, hundred or 200 focused conversations that occur. Then we get back to, okay, how do we uh, geographically engineer these conversations to occur so that people can kind of iterate and, and tease out an insight and idea so they can say, hey, Al, let's start this thing. Let's give this a try and, and then find the pre-seed funding to do it. But, but not only is, do we need to do the scouting report on who are the two or three or 4,000 highest potential Calgarians of every age and every stage of every background from every corner of the city, who are those three, 4,000 Calgarians? But are they having enough conversations to tease out this, uh, this insight? And that's just a big social, commercial type of movement. And so it makes, it all ties together. It all makes sense. But you're right. It's a big numbers game. The kind of culture change that we need for this movement to achieve the, achieve the type of numbers that we needed to achieve in our city. Excellent. Yeah. It's it's a, it's kind of daunting when you look at the big the big picture the big numbers but when you break it down into a little piece it's it really comes down to having conversations let's have a lot more conversations. Yeah and look that's just a great thing anyways mm -hmm. isn't it I mean we're we're sitting here in early January in 2021 having this chat and you and I have both been watching the the news and and what's going on in the world and and the role of of Twitter and and, and so this, this art of dialogue as a fundamental building block and a connective tissue in our society is what those conversations can be about. And, and every, every chance that we can get to do that as distant as we have to stay, then, then that's great and an improvement. And, and, you know, a lot of how you and I met each other in this rainforest type world is like we... How do we put together a construct that just allows us to meet people we wouldn't otherwise meet and have these kind of conversations? And, you know, I think uh, we started that with Rainforest and the, the way that you've expanded it and taken it with the Libby podcast and the guests that you've had along the way um, have just been that in spades to me in so many ways. And especially, Al, when we haven't been able to really get together for the Lunch Without Lunches to listen back and meet new people and get new insights from the podcast is, has been absolutely fantastic. I'm a huge fan. Awesome. Well, uh, you're, you're definitely an inspiration to me, Brad, and I really appreciate you taking the time today to, to have this conversation. I think uh, it was really full, uh, packed full of great advice and information. And I, I know that 
a lot of people are starting to listen to the podcast. We've we've crossed the nine thousand downloads uh, recently. Fantastic, which is which is brilliant, and and I'm really excited about that. And I'm looking forward to 2021 getting a lot more people on board, especially uh, people who haven't been able to, you know, really get out there and network in the industry. This is a great opportunity to to really meet people and get to know people, and so I'm. I'm excited and I'm hopeful that we're going to get a lot more hosts in 2021 and a lot more great conversations are going to happen. So, Well, I, I know I owe you some hosting too, uh, Al, and, and we'll get going on that in 2021. The, uh, you know, I think we're really living through as you come through the 100th episode, congratulations. And, and we are keeping the openness and the diversity of the Rainforest Movement going but then we're seeing that also evolve into projects like Libby that are so good and so trusted and so valuable. And they're not so messy and wild and woolly and spontaneous uh, uh, as other parts of the rainforest. They're a really solid deliverable. And we're trying to do something similar with the project to show the portfolio of tech companies by size and how we're doing. And and I think we need to kind of learn from you at the Libby podcast and look forward to uh, producing our hundredth version some number of years down the road of what that portfolio is. And, and we'll show the world that Calgary is a place that we can kind of set a high goal, like uh, getting to triple the number of companies from where we're at today and, uh, and moving well along that into the, into the future so that more and more people can be in Calgary working in this industry and building great companies and providing great jobs for our citizens. Excellent. I look forward to episode 200, sitting down with you again and uh, going over what we talked about in this episode. (laughs) All right. Well, let's do that in person, Al. We'll be back together. I hope so. Thank you so much, Brad. Have a wonderful afternoon. Thanks, Al. You do a great job. Cheers. If you haven't already, Visit rainforestab.ca and sign the Rainforest Social Contract. Become part of the inclusive, silo-busting, sector-agnostic, all-industry, open-sourced, ego-shrinking, ecosystem-building, entrepreneur-focused, wide-open, social barrier-smashing community known as Rainforest Alberta. This episode is brought to you by Community Now Magazine. Engage. Inspire. Educate. Together. Music for the show was created by Tony Deldegan. Please be sure to share this episode with everyone you know. Also, don't forget to come by and say hi at the next Rainforest event. Let us know what you think of this podcast. If you're interested in being either a host, sponsor, or a guest of the show, send me an email at rainforestpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.